0: Welcome back to another episode of Chocolate with a Side of Medicine. I am one of your co-hosts, Amy Joe MD, and I have here the love you ladies, Dr. Chris. Hey, Dr. Nono, hey, and Dr. Sunshine. What up, guys? So we're happy to be back here again with you guys. Um, mm-hmm. really appreciate you listening. I'm tired. I just need to say that. <laughs> 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 tell them how you really feel. Tell them how you really feel. How you really I'm,
1: feel, Amy Joe. I'm
0: gonna let y'all know how I really feel. I am exhausted. Um
1: Are you gonna tell the people why you're exhausted?
0: My clinic is 130% booked every day from here and t- for the next several months.
2: How is that physically possible?
0: It's like airline. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, she probably has her normal schedule. And then sometimes some some clinics do walk-ins too. They'd be like, oh, we got these walk-ins. We're going to mix them in w- between your appointments. she would be like, listen, ain't no what? <laughs> I thought yeah. I was booked. I thought oh. I was booked though. <laughs> oh, and how
0: about, how about that patients can make their online appointments sometimes. Yes. And they Welcome just mess to... up your whole schedule. And you're just like, wait, yeah. but this is not 15 minutes. We can't do that. welcome to the world of patient interface so yeah Mm. um patients you know i I don't even you know to be perfectly honest with you i don't even know if there is a space for them to make their own they can our you know in our clinic our patients can make their own schedule but i don't even know if i have a space for them to make one like i don't think i have any space that's because you're in high demand i know and i've been doing a lot of speaking engagements. so i am on my third speaking engagement of this week alone in addition to my daily clinic duties, and I got a, a house full of furniture that needs to be put together. Um, so,
1: <laughs> where'd you get furniture from? Wayfair. So,
0: no, I. Um, where did I get this? I got some from Ashley Furniture, mm. and uh, I don't know where I ordered this rug from. I don't have to put that together, but I do have to roll it out. I'm actually proud
1: of, I'm proud of you for actually getting your home together because try- it's, it's been a long time coming. It's been yeah. a while. <laughs> um, shade but I no am, shade.
0: I'm tired of being uh, judged by all, like, you know, the collective body of people who are in my circle of friends. No with judgment. With the exception of Dr. Chris. Dr. Chris might be the only one that's not judging that's me. That's right. When. No judgment. Know. Um, you know, these boxes... Doctor Sunshine for sure is like, uh, what's up with these boxes? So right. I have to get, I have to get rid of these boxes, and so um, I am trying to figure out how I'm gonna write the rest of these notes and put together all this furniture, and hydrate, and work out, and eat salads, and live my best life. Uh, you know, it's really hard to do in a weekend, you especially when you spend the day speaking.
2: Just pick your battle and go with that, and you know. Eventually once you finish all the battles you can win the war, which I guess in this case will be packing up your or unpacking your furniture.
1: See, this is when it's really inconvenient that we're not all in the same city. Because literally she could just invite us over and be like, Hey, I'm gonna pay y'all in wine and then let's just drink the wine and just do all this. And we could just knock it out in like, you know, a day or two. Boom.
0: (laughs) I I don't think I'd be that helpful. You could be helpful. We would give you something to do. Even if it was just breaking down the boxes to flatten them oh, out. Okay, so that I could can... do that.
1: I could do that. What? So, what do you mean? You're not disabled, Chris. What do you mean? I don't, mean? Know. You, you like, can't... I don't what, know what I would be able to do.
0: I'm not really good with the uh, putting furniture. So I'm, I'm going to tell you all my story. <laughs> I'm going to tell you all my story. So I had ordered a table. Oh um, Lord. It took me like two days to put that thing together. It was a simple table and I felt bad. That I got mad that it took me a while. Like I put it in, it was all wobbly. I'm like, why is this not working? I had to switch it again. And I got so mad because I did it and then it didn't work. And I got mad. So I was like, forget this. We just gonna leave it like that. And I left it for two days. Wow. Just like I don't wanna, I don't wanna do this. Yeah, that's not me. That's why I said I'm probably not gonna do, you know. But so is life, right? You know. (laughs) Right, right. right. Uh... You know, I would I would uh, complain more, but there's no time. So,
1: <laughs> so right. that's what we're out you're, here doing. You're like a plus. You're like a whole like local celebrity. I feel like your face be everywhere. Your face be on websites. Your face be on billboards. Your face be on your face is probably on one of them park benches. You know, people be waiting at the bus on the bus stop. It's probably your face on like a on a on a damn bus stop bench. Like, <laughs> be like I
2: your autograph now. Or like,
1: have you met Amy Jo MD? She she is a pillar. Of a physician in our community. <laughs>
2: <laughs> One of have, my, you,
1: have you met her? Do you know her?
0: <laughs> you may be on something. One of my patients on Friday brought me this newspaper. She was like, oh my goodness, you were in my newspaper. And my patients come from all around. So some of them travel, you know, quite a ways. And there's always like a local newspaper in their town. And so uh, I'm like, no, I, you know, I didn't know. And so she pulls up this newspaper and it's for an event. <laughs>
1: Of course it is. <laughs>
0: that I don't even remember. <laughs> I'm supposed <laughs> to speak at, but there I was in the paper, like, <laughs>
2: hey. Come
0: so, um, I mean, I like it, right? So, you know, it's what the thing that really helps break up the complexity. I want I can't say monotony because there's nothing monotonous about my job. But my job is complex, so I feel like every time I get one person under control, three more people show up, like. <laughs> Hi, I got a trick for you. <laughs> I have a lot of patients. They're, they're complex and they're fun and they're hilarious. But it's nice to step away from that sometimes and just talk about health care.
1: You know, and then you end up over here talking to us about how you don't got time to put your furniture together. I know.
0: <laughs> right. I'm going to put it together, though. So, you know, <laughs> and I'm a little, you know, I um, I'm cleaning up my diet. Well, mm. I'm always clean on my diet, but you I was going to say, a what are we doing? What you doing, doing this time? I've got some, some, some strawberries and some blueberries, and butter lettuce was on sale at my grocery store, so y'all know I got like six bags in there because I can literally eat <laughs> one bag per time per setting. So I went through like five bags of butter lettuce last week, and I'm still on it. So you know.
1: It's is it cool. is it bad that I'm googling butter lettuce because I have no clue what the hell that
2: is? I love
1: butter lettuce. Like butter a, lettuce.
2: It's like the little mini like lettuce heads. I, I see them every once in a while, but they're it's actually pretty good. It's better than um, oh iceberg.
1: oh I see these all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. I love butter lettuce. It is am- it's one of my favorite lettuces.
2: Lettuces. Lettuces. I, is that right? I, <laughs> yeah, that, that's a word I think. <laughs>
0: Is my favorite. I'm a sucker for butter lettuce, red onions.
1: This looks interesting. See, you guys would, you know what? I'm so intrigued by this. You guys would swear that like I don't eat vegetables, but I promise you, I do eat a lot of vegetables. I actually, <laughs> I actually do. I'm making myself sound like real basic right now, but I have actually never heard of butter lettuce.
2: Um, no, it's like a. I think it's better like when you mix it in a salad. Like again, like what Amy Jo MD said. Like red, um, red onions. I usually put like a tomato. Um, I boiled an egg, uh, cucumber, and uh, I actually made this mustard vinaigrette uh, one day when I was really bored, and that it came together really, really well. Um, it was like a honey dijon um, mixed in with like a white wine vinegar, and it was it was really good. I felt like I was doing something wrong, but it, it was healthy. I looked it up and ate it, and it was really, it was really good. The little
0: bottle I got, I think I got it from Amazon, where you can make all the different salad dressings. Oh. It's really cool. Like, it has, like, Italian um, Caesar, you know, honey mustard. Like, they're, like, all on the mm-hmm. bottom, and it shows you, like, the lines on, like, what you need to put in them and, like, how much vinegar, how much water, how much, you know, olive oil. And I prefer those much better than buying than, like, the Sorbot- salad. Yeah, because the store bought always has sugar in it. Like, even when you're like, this is not even supposed to be sweet. And you look at it and you're like, <laughs> added sugar. Like, why is there added sugar everywhere in a salad dressing? So once wow. I figured out I could make my own. Wow. I, I don't even eat, I don't even use salad dressing on my salad. People think I'm strange. She I'm does strange. not. I remember I the first time I saw Dr. Chris eat a salad and I'm like, you don't know want your salad dressing? And she was like, no. And she was just going to town and I was thinking, well, that's interesting. I, I,
1: <laughs> I, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. What do you put on it? Oh, Nothing. it
0: Nothing. Nothing. Dry? It. It's dry? It's just dry. Well, yes. Dry salad.
1: Can you, is that a thing?
0: Yes, it is. And I grew up this way. <laughs> <laughs> she did.
1: Wait, wait. Why did you grow up this way? Let me, even tell, let, me, let me tell you the
0: story. So um, my mother was uh, very into health stuff like healthy eating like um so my mom had um rheumatoid arthritis so she she used to eat like really healthy like barley like she made all these healthy things right and so she was the only one eating most of it so she decided that oh well you know I have a child so I'll make my child eat what I eat right so I had to (laughs) eat all of her healthy stuff but my father did not have to because she made him like all the good foods Oh. You know, and I had to eat that. So she would make the salad <laughs> and we would have we would have salad dressing in the fridge. And I'd be like, can I have salad? She said, no, that's for the guest.
2: <laughs> what? I right. never heard of that. Really? Yeah,
0: that was, that was my mother. So um, I had to eat salad with no dressing every time. But we had salad dressing in the fridge, but that was for the guest. I can't <laughs> put it on there. So I just got used to it. And that's Wait, how come I can eat. Now Sally I kind of feel like, like we're talking about your childhood traumas, you know? Like. <laughs> y'all, y'all are learning a little bit more about me.
1: <laughs> Every time I ask for insight as to why Chris does or does not do something, yes. it usually stems from some, like, New York City struggle story. Like, yes. what the hell? <laughs> yes.
0: yes. Well, you know what? It, and... I had to drink all of these like uh, she would make juice, uh juices like vegetable juices and I had to drink them and I hated it right but to be honest with you as I got older I appreciated that she made me do
1: all of that because I can eat these things and it doesn't bother me man the concept of having like a salad like oh I'm having a salad I don't even think I reached this place in my life until like <laughs> like late 20s or maybe like early 30s yeah like salad salad in my house growing up salad is like on the side like you're not just having a salad you're having like whatever your meal is and then also on the side if you want it you can have a salad (laughs) I agree
2: you know what I mean it's like
1: we're having like you know spaghetti with meat sauce and garlic bread and things and if you want it is here you can have a salad
0: not right. for me not for it me It was
1: it was it wasn't like oh hey we're going to have a salad and jazz it up with all this cool stuff it was like nah not
2: nah, even if you jazz it up it still was never the entree like you would still have the jazz up salad but you would still have like meat and other and things And
1: and then even eating the salad was difficult in my house because when, when my mom did make salad she made salad the way she likes it and she puts onions in it and I don't do raw onions so then I'm like damn what? if I eat this salad nah I don't do raw onions on my salad, on my burgers, I don't do it. Not for me. Now, if you cook them, stir fry them, all that good stuff, we're fine. But like a raw onion, like biting into that? Nah, bro, pass, hard pass. <laughs> oh. So then I'm like, man, if I even eat the salad, then I got to spend half the time picking out the onions that my mom put in. And I'm like, see, this is just a lot of work. And like, yeah, nah. Oh,
2: but, I lo- but, I- but I
1: love veggies, but I loved veggies. So I always eat like tons of like green beans and broccoli and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. The salad was just like not a big thing in our house.
2: No, I might a thing for anchovies and would we'll put that on everything that we ate i are, you, I, I, are, you, are I you are you
1: are you saying anchovies like the fish
2: yeah, like the fish
1: what on everything though
2: yeah like our salad like it was a thing i don't know if it was a jersey thing y'all Jersey listeners, please comment, but I don't know like uh it was like uh anchovies on like crackers with uh cheese and you know anchovy like, in the salad, and anchovies on pizza. I'm like, who did this? My mom. I'm like, what are we doing here? <laughs> I wish you
0: all could see all the faces that are happening <laughs> right now.
2: <laughs> I did not eat it, of course. I I did like you know I just tried an anchovy like once or twice, like on you know it came with like the salad that we'd order at a restaurant. I'm like, this fish is pure salt. <laughs> like it's like biting into living salt. Like that. That's how I described it. Wait, there was a salad in the restaurant that came with anchovies. Yeah. Mm.
1: What restaurant did you go to? I did not even a, know that was. I'm a not going to
2: say that because I'm not either. Myself. It was a while ago.
1: <laughs> that is like that's rough. Only thing relate. Only thing on that same level my dad has a thing for vienna sausages which i refuse to (laughs) my dad can my dad can kill some vienna sausages until i got older and i was like dad you have to stop eating these they're gonna kill you like legit legit (laughs) they're gonna kill you like i'm gonna throw them away like He's like, oh, but I grew up eating Vienna sausages. They got me through my days at Morehouse. I'm like, well, you not Morehouse <laughs> you're no more.
2: I'm you're not. not you're lie. not a broke college kid. Like,
1: <laughs> are you? Are you telling me you're eating these for nostalgia? Like, what are we doing right now?
2: <laughs> like, hey, but the sausage that comes in a can and it's the one that comes in the plastic wrap. It was it the it's one? The one that food. comes in
1: the little can. He'd be like, oh no, really? opening the can. Listen. Is there a difference? yeah <laughs> they're both nasty they're all nasty
0: they're all processed but you think about you know you say that we we I grew up with Vienna sausages in our house and so we ate them right and so um I think about spam we had spam in my oh, house yeah. growing up that too and I am not sure where I come from because if <laughs> I look at my plate now and I think about all the things that we used to eat, you know, growing up because that's what our parents ate. Oh, I it's, it's very different. Like yeah. my palate is completely a change. Like I couldn't go back to my childhood food. I would be hungry because I would be picking over everything. <laughs> Spam, sausage, deli, you know, deli meats, bologna.
2: God, my dad would buy bologna. He still does. He buys bologna and salami and just, oh my God. I, I don't know why. We have a fridge. We have literally an entire meat counter in our fridge just full of bologna. And I'm just like, what, who why do you still eat this? Like it tastes the only my dad does.
1: My mom used to make fun of him. My mom's like, Why do you eat struggle food? We're not struggling. Why don't you eat struggle food? <laughs> He's like, Because I like it. I grew up with it. And she's like, We're not, we're not cooking that. Like <laughs> she hilarious. had like a whole section of the pantry that was just for my dad. She's like, That's where your Vienna sausages go. My dad likes boiled peanuts. That's where that goes. Like all the all the other stuff that you <laughs> she's wow. like what is this
0: that's so interesting
1: <laughs> she's like our children aren't going to eat this you can eat that over there and he does who so just sit there and just you know go to town I'm like gosh dad what are we doing <laughs> and he likes "Oh, uh, what's the uh oh man we call it pork rinds he likes pork rinds I'm like daddy yeah. you gotta stop eating all this this is gonna kill you this is going this is going to kill you
0: <laughs> he doesn't care
1: no but he's gotten better he's gotten better now because I think at one point, one of his doctors told him that he was getting a little borderline something, either borderline cholesterol or borderline borderline something. And he was like, oh, I got to change something. I'm like, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, I've been telling you this for years. <laughs> yeah, like, like it it's different when his doctor says it, right? Right. And then he didn't. And then he didn't want to tell my mom out loud. So then he just kind of started throwing stuff away. And she's like, "Oh, where's your struggle section? Where's your, where's your, where's your, where's your, where's your struggle food? It's not in the pantry." He's like, "Oh, the doctor told me I got it. grumble, grumble." <laughs> <That's
2: hilarious. laughs> so, so um,
0: who has our who has our topic? Who has got our our events for not the topic? Who's got our events for the day? Oh, like the trending topic? That would yeah. be me. That would be me. That would be me. I don't know everything that's going on in the world, but I'm going to tell you about one thing that we found okay. out. So um, I'm sure all of you guys know, have heard that they pulled the uh, Johnson & Johnson vaccine off the market Mm-mm. because yes. of mm-hmm. the risk of the of the blood clots. Yeah. So on Friday, actually... They, they had a pause on it on a Friday the, after the CDC and the FDA, they met on advisory board. They decided that they're going to resume giving the uh, Johnson and Johnson vaccine. They um, mm. yeah. sure did. They did. Not when it came off pause. Yep. Mm. It came off pause. Mm. They're saying that the benefits outweigh the risk from a rare, rare, severe blood clot. So the reason why they paused it, right. is because they had about what It says, at first it says six confirmed cases, but um when I read the the article, it said about fifteen cases of um I'm sure more have come up. Yeah. Yeah. Of people who had uh the rare the blood clot. So really it's when clot they clot in the venous like in the venous uh system. Yes. The and rare. then also what happens is that you have the clot in the venous system and then you also have um low platelets at the same time too. And that is uh platelets are what uh, our blood, it's in our blood to help like prevent, like when you have a cut to help heal it um, and stop the bleeding. So in the article, it said that the blood clots happened in women and they said three died and seven were in the hospital uh, and there were a total of 15 cases. So they said that it was a rare occurrence from the millions of people that got the J&J vaccine that only about 15 people had blood clots. And they're saying that women have a higher chance of getting blood clots on being birth control than getting a blood clot from this vaccine. So this is why they put it back out. I right. was just
1: going to clarify. So from what I was understanding, the, the blood clots were happening in women between the ages of 18 and 48 yes. who already had a known condition of low platelets, correct?
0: Well, I didn't see that they said that they had a condition of low platelets in the article that I read. I got it from the Washington Post. It didn't necessarily say that. So you're right, Dr. Sunshine, before this article came Mm -hmm. out, when they were first putting out what their early findings, they thought that there was a dysfunction in like platelet four factor. Mm -hmm. So there was Mm -hmm. some kind of platelet dysfunction in these people because they thought that maybe people needed people who had like this platelet dysfunction needed to be aware and avoid Johnson and Johnson. And then I didn't get to go all the way into it. But I saw on Friday, literally, as I was leaving the office, they were like, oh. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. So really what they're going to do now is that they're going to put a warning for women, right, within the 18 to 59 and just say, like, this is a potential that this can happen. So kind of like you can take the vaccine, but do know that this is a possibility that you can get this rare type of blood clot. So that will not help. No, That that will not help get people back in the Johnson Johnson line.
2: I think what yeah. people are going to hyper-focus on is the fact that these, I mean, when I first saw the seven people that got this super rare blood clot
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, that could potentially kill you if not treated in a timely manner. Mm-hmm. But the issue is that people are only looking at the fact that seven people got it and not seven people out of seven million people who got the vaccine at that time. So you literally have a one in million chance <laughs> of getting this blood clot, I don't know what the chances are to win the lottery, but I feel like it might be a little bit less <laughs> mm-hmm. um of you getting like the blood clot. Um in, in that correct me on my math if I'm wrong. I don't know. But
0: so I, I think it's a little bit more problematic than that. And I don't I I don't like that logic. And 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 people like kind of spin it on that. And as more information came out, you know, about what they think the association is, like this isn't a, you know, when it first came out, we did not know why the clot was happening, right? Mm-hmm. We just knew that 6.8 million people had, you know, received the vaccine and six women, for some reason, had this clot. This clot is atypical. It's dangerous because when you go into the hospital, you cannot treat it like we treat a normal clot. So this isn't like the same way you get a clot in your leg or a clot in your lung, right? So then they've played with the idea that that there's this platelet dysfunction, So sure, 115 now out of 7 plus million have received it. But what we need to then go into is to say, if indeed this platelet dysfunction is the cause of it, well, how many people who get who have the platelet dysfunction are going to end up with the clot? Because I'm assuming the whole reason why you're positive and now you're re-releasing it with this disclaimer is that if you're one of those people who have this particular blood dysfunction, then your chances are not one in a million. Right. Your chances will be a lot higher. But right. that's if they know prior to having the vaccine that they have this this platelet mm-hmm. disorder. Well, sure, that sounds great, but mm-hmm. for the people who right. are carriers of this dysfunction, it is not a one in a million case. Right, right. So that's why we've got to drop the whole, oh, uh, well, so many people got it. You know, what's your chance? Because that's not. we're not talking about general population anymore. We're talking about special population. If in the special population, the percentage of something going wrong is high, that's what people are going to want to know. Like, yeah, it's mm-hmm. true that we don't know who has the dysfunction. We don't even know. Just yet, if that's a if that's a real thing, but I'm sure the person that's carrying that dysfunction
2: is gonna okay. need to avoid that vaccine. So then the question is, if they don't have, if they don't know if they have the dysfunction and get J and J, like how do we screen for that? Exactly, yeah, we don't know. So so, <laughs> so you
0: can't. so We can no longer <laughs> preach the you know you got a one in a million chance because it's not what we're talking about.
2: So then it kind of it kind of goes back to the fact then, like, are we just not going to recommend J&J vaccine if there's no other alternatives available for the COVID vaccine?
0: Well, there's, there's, there's
2: there alternatives, alternatives available, so that's saying, the
0: thing. They were saying in the article, like, even if, let's say they offered it, right? And they, they were saying that if you decided you didn't want to take the Johnson & Johnson, that you would get offered an alternative. So mm-hmm. a Pfizer or the Moderna. That's what they said. Black people are mm-hmm. not taking Johnson and Johnson. No, <laughs> probably not.
2: <laughs> if it came out with that side effect, I guarantee you, no one is gonna, no one is gonna take J and J.
1: Nobody this. wants that.
0: You were gonna you say mean. something, Dark Sunshine, we, we kind of lost. Oh.
1: it. so I actually did have two things to say. I remember one, and hopefully the second one will come back to me because you know what's gonna happen, right? So. <laughs> There's a couple of things that are going to happen just based off this information. And Amy Jo hit the nail on the head. So the people who were already apprehensive about the vaccine and were actually opening up to possibly getting it, now that this has happened, this is going, basically skyrocket, this is going to skyrocket all of the... All the skepticisms all over again, especially Mm. when it comes to J&J. So the fact that you're pausing it and now you're putting it in play, that means nothing to the people who were the people who were on the fence about it to begin with. They don't even want to hear about J&J. It's off the table. You Mm. can't. It's not even in the game. It's it's not even on the field. It's not even in the stadium anymore. So fine, whatever. Put it back out. But for the most part, especially black people are not messing with J&J at all. The next thing that it, the next thing that it's going to do is that even the people who would possibly consider J and J, they're going to start coming into their PCP offices, and they're going to start asking me, "Hey, Doctor Sunshine, is there any way that I can get a blood test that I can see if I have that type mm-hmm. of dysfunction? So that if I do register and I get the vaccine, and they say it's J and J, that I know that I'm gonna get I'm going to possibly have an increased risk of da 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 da. And my answer is likely going to say. No, I don't think that we have a blood test specifically for this dysfunction that they are that they discovered what a week ago, two mm-hmm, two weeks mm-hmm. ago. Like, no, nah, we don't have that. So it, it's just putting more of the burden on PCPs. It's putting more of the burden on the black community that was also, you know, we've been trying to push the vaccine, and I'm just like, gosh. So so it's um, not, it's a lot.
2: So the issue also that I'm I'm also seeing is that we've had one we've had the issue with the J and J vaccine with the rare blood clots. Now I'm seeing, uh, you know, kind of troubling uh, rhetoric on uh, social media that oh, like what's to say that this can't happen with like Pfizer and Moderna as well? So the issue is that you cannot extrapolate the side effects from one vaccine uh, to the other vaccines that we have in distribution because, like we said earlier, these they have a different um, uh, mechanism for how they prevent COVID. So the mechanism that Johnson & Johnson uses to prevent you from getting COVID is very different from Pfizer and Moderna. So you can't say the side effects from J&J will immediately happen when you get Pfizer and Moderna. Well, they're different. I
0: think where it hurts is that we were using them for rural medicine, Mm -hmm. vulnerable populations, where it took a lot of resources just to get access to those people or get medicines to those people right so there's lots of people that still live in rural america that trying to time a 21 or 28 day vaccine schedule was really difficult so johnson and johnson was turned out to be like the the greatest thing and some of our you know homeless shelters people who wanted them where you know they're transient and they're never in one place at one time you know the one-time dose was like outstanding. So from a logistics standpoint, I think everybody was excited because it was gonna capture, you know, special groups. But those also happen to be vulnerable groups. And so I see the problem with if we don't, if we're not sure, right? If we really don't have it right, the people who stand to be hurt are some of our most vulnerable populations. And I just don't want to see the fallout. I'm I'm not saying to not go with Johnson Johnson. This is just me kind of this is all of us sitting around reading articles and just kind of trying to synthesize the, the information real time is that I, I I need them to have an answer really soon because the people that in my mind I was hoping to give it to uh, have enough risk factors that I would not want to give them, you know, increased risk while trying to keep them safe. Not that everybody wasn't, you know, at risk, but I think about the areas that that we were talking about giving it to, you know, it just they are they have enough hits that they don't need. They don't need something to go wrong. So sad time (sighs) for Johnson and Johnson. This whole
1: thing is crazy. Yeah, especially after like the Biden administration, especially states like California, who like especially. In states that um, are blue states in particular, mm-hmm. and we can go into detail, maybe not, I'd rather not, as to why blue states are <laughs> uh, administering more vaccines than red states. But point is, in the states that always have vaccine shortages, they were really banking on these mass distributions of Johnson & Johnson. They like doubled down, tripled down on it. Yep. So then now you have all these all these huge states and millions of people that are waiting for this vaccine. And then now here we are. You know what I mean. So then it's like, all right, are we going to rev up the production of Moderna and Pfizer because they take? I, I think the production of those vaccines take longer to make. I think it's just, I think that's the rate limiting factor. We just can't make enough fast enough. Right. And Johnson and Johnson and to vaccinate as many people as we can. And Johnson Johnson, like Amy Jo said, you know, it's one dose, boom. Ch-ch-ch-ch-ch. Right. Yeah. Right
0: in there. Like, right. yes, yeah. Let's do it. Mund-
1: Yeah, one dose, boom, you're out of there, you're good, you're covered. And we just don't, we don't have that cushion anymore. And then meanwhile, we have a whole nother crisis, the the same lingering crisis in the U.S. where people want to travel. It's about to be summertime. People are trying to get out here. And they're like, it's it's just a lot.
0: And, you know, I was wondering, because, you know, there's a lot of states, a lot of places that have all of these Johnson & Johnson vaccines, right? They already bought them and it was paused. So what do they do with those vaccines? they're gonna they're, they're gonna continue gonna, giving uh, them but some not, people are not gonna they're, well they I'm sure there's not gonna be as many people that are gonna take it so there's probably gonna be
2: well I know in Chicago they the United Center actually allotted for about 30,000 uh doses of J&J but that was before it went on hold mm-hmm. um so with the new announcement you know they're I don't know if they're gonna reopen up those appointments but you still have 30,000 Mm-hmm. vaccines that are kind of in the lurch. Um, but they I'm pretty sure the majority of those appointments have already gone to getting like Pfizer and Moderna. So I I'm pretty sure like a lot of these cities are going to have a surplus of the J and J vaccine. And there's also another issue completely well actually it is pretty much related, but you know, other uh countries actually had do not have, you know, their supply of vaccine available because other countries like the US that have, you know, a very large uh, GDP uh, have been buying up a lot of the vaccines from these these three companies. So um, there's actually been a, a movement to donate those vaccines to other countries, the ones that actually do need it for their population because I, I think i I think I heard on the news that the u s has enough vaccines to vaccinate the population like four times over or something like that. Um, and that mind you, we have over three hundred million people. so, Um, if the vaccines do, you know, are able to go to a population that, you know, doesn't have any other alternatives available, then, you know, by all means go for it. Um, but yeah, it it definitely does leave a little, uh, wrench in the plans to vaccinate the general population before, you know, summer gets here. And then also before we run into flu season again, come November. So studies and research are ongoing. And so
0: for a lot of, a lot of us, especially physicians, who were the early receivers of the vaccines. A lot of us are in these programs called V-safe where they're asking questions. And I've noticed the further out we get, the questions have changed. Like they're always asking, like, am I having any side effects? But now they're asking me questions about like, am I pregnant? Have I gotten pregnant? You know, anything like that? Like, so the questions are changing a little bit as they gather information, because I'm sure they're trying to capture people who are now far enough out that, you know, we're women. Things will change, you know. Pregnancies will happen, and so they can find those people to follow them. So, um, you know, it just reminds us that we're still collecting data, and everything is still ongoing. So, yeah, I'm glad <sighs> you mentioned that because I did get my V-safe and I forgot to submit it. So you didn't thanks. answer the questions. I yeah. forgot. I was, so I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, I'm gonna
1: do it, and then I, help you. out the researchers, Doctor. Exactly. I did. About- I did. I just did it. I just did it.
0: I definitely answer all of my VSafe safe uh, messages. Um, and it reminded me that the questions have changed. Yeah. And so I was like, Oh, the questions have changed. And so they're asking different questions. It's kind of cool to be, you know, watching as it trend, you know, as it yes. progresses and like what they're asking for, what they're following. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just forgot, but I really meant to keep doing it because yeah. it is
1: important. I am not, sh- I'm, not I'm not judging or shading you, Doctor Chris. Okay, I, I I I am doing none of the above. No, no, don't even get hers no more. Right. I am not even great. judging. Her. I am <laughs> not judging or shading. We're you, judging Dr. her Chris. today.
2: Yep, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Just begin you know, judgment. judgment. Just I always get the judgment. That's
0: fine. You don't always get the judgment. No,
1: you don't. See, get right. out of here. what was well, me. Why are we doing story.
0: this? Why are we doing right.
2: this?
0: Come out to out in these judges streets tonight. Right. Right. You're gonna right. be in these judges' streets tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, We're coming for you today. <laughs>
1: but Dr. Chris, that was a that was a really good trending topic. Yes. You 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 had like a. You paused a little bit before you did it so I was like, "Uh-oh, I don't know what it is, but that actually is really <laughs> funny." I actually I actually was going to mention it last episode, but I for um I forgot to talk about it. Yeah, no, but cuz they just lifted the pause like Friday. Mhm. Yeah, yeah at last week we yeah. didn't have any new information, right. but I know a lot of people, a lot of people reaching out to me personally like, "Hey, can you yeah. guys talk about J&J? Like, what's up with that?" Yeah. Well, y'all, this is what's up with that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: to be continued yes. but yes to be so i mean i feel like we've been making the segue into the main topic since the welcome so i mean this this whole episode is just going to be about food and diets so i i don't know i got the inspiration when i ordered my third takeout meal for the week mm-hmm. um <laughs> so <laughs> it's been a rough week huh i'm busy too on my off week so you know but um so I I just kind of thought about, you know, what, what about the different, you know, all these fad diets that are out that kind of come into fashion and then go out of fashion? You know, I, I kind of wanted to talk to people more about, you know, what diets are actually worth looking into and which ones you can just, you know, not even consider like they're just trash. So I, figured, like, legit. so I figured I'd start. Um, I, so I picked out five, you know, uh, of the more common diets. Uh, one of them is not really a diet, but you'll, you'll see which one I'm talking about very soon. And then I have like one historical uh, diet that you guys will definitely all be familiar with. But let me just kind of start at the top. So uh, the diets that I'm going to go over in order include the paleo diet, vegan diet, a low carb keto diet, the Atkins no carb diet and intermittent fasting. So, do you are you guys all familiar with those those five? Very much so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I was going to actually look at like, you know, really old diets like the South Beach, you know, Beyoncé's lemon and like pepper diet when she came out with the on the run tour. Um I'm surprised
1: you didn't have Mediterranean on there.
2: Well, that was, I mean, I definitely think we were going to segue into that because, you know, the DASH diet, Mediterranean, that's like, those are the staples oh, yeah, of yeah, primary yeah. care. So that we're going to talk about that automatically like you just did. So there we go.
1: I like, I like your list. Oh, thank
2: you. See, I'm, I'm not so bad. I'm useful. So. <laughs> <laughs> Always,
1: useful.
2: Oh <laughs> Always.
1: Always.
2: All right. So the, uh, let's start with the paleo diet. So essentially, you know, the the basics behind this diet is that we are made to eat the food that our hunter gatherer ancestors ate when we were out there, like, you know, ice age and mammoths and all that stuff. Um, So, you know, kind of literally that's, that's what the diet is, is based upon. And this is kind of going back to, you know, this primary form of a diet because a lot of the modern diseases that we see today are, you know, kind of influenced around the Western diet so a lot of processed foods you know grains dairy so if you just remember that we were talking about vienna sausages and spam which is probably the most processed food that you can ever eat this the paleo diet you will not see any of that so that is something that is very discouraged so this diet also emphasizes whole foods lean protein veggies fruits nuts and seeds so literally if you were just like stranded in the middle of I don't know, middle of nowhere Illinois, and you had to like go forage for food. Um, this, these are things that you would, you know, like find in nature. So that's what this diet is kind of focused upon. Um, so uh, there's some also flexible versions of the diet that can include like cheese and butter. Uh, so these are things that our hunter-gatherer ancestors probably did not know how to make at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, this is fairly newer uh, invention. Um, But also includes things like uh, when we're able to grow uh, vegetables, so like tubers, so potatoes, sweet potatoes, things of that sort. So the plus side of this is that you get fewer carbs, definitely more protein um, from the meat that you do eat uh, when you go out and hunt. Um, Also a decreased caloric intake uh, given with this diet that can help reduce your risk factors with heart disease, uh, high cholesterol, blood sugar and your blood pressure. Uh, The downside of this diet, though, is that you do eliminate those whole grains and legumes and also dairy, which provides a source of fiber, calcium and vitamin D, which you may have to supplement in your diet. So, uh, Dr. Sunshine, you being in California, I know you probably have heard all of these diets being asked at your clinic. What do you think about the paleo diet?
1: I feel like the paleo diet across the board, it works for some people. It doesn't work for others. Um, the main things that I do warn them about are the same things that you've already said, like the major cons to the diet. You know, to make sure that they're getting in a lot of their. So when she says legumes, <laughs> oh, that's referring to like, uh, you know, like being like chickpeas, lentils, beans, things like that. Everything, everything within that family, um, which can also you know provide a lot of different sources of a lot of different things, including proteins and so on and so forth. So Nono actually hit it pretty well on, on the head. Across the board, people tend to have a problem sticking with this diet. I feel like a lot of people go paleo and they don't stay paleo for long. It doesn't have any of the major like huge side effects and things I have to counsel them on, like the keto diet, which I'm sure you're going to get to.
2: Oh, for sure. That's actually the next one. So mm-hmm. <laughs> for the keto diet. So if you can think of, you know, you probably heard all of us in one form or the other say, oh, you should you know, limit your carb intake you know, that can definitely help reduce your uh, the number of calories that you're taking in per day. If um, you have diabetes, I can definitely help with that. Um, but keto diet kind of takes it to a big extreme in that you limit your carb intake to 20 to 150 grams per day. So by comparison, the American uh, Dietary Association actually recommends that carbs should make up about 45 to 65% of your total uh, daily calories. So um, like just really quick math, if you take in 2000 calories per day, your average carb intake should be between 900 to 1300 calories from carbs. So that's around 250 to 325 grams of carbs per day. So as you can see, with the low carb keto diet, if you are taking in 20 grams of carbs for the entire day, that is very hard to do. Um, But, you know, some people make it work. So I I had to stop myself because I kind of went down a little rabbit hole and looking into like the organic chem, the biochem of like why this (laughs) process works. And I stopped myself when I saw the Krebs cycle and I'm like, nah, we're we're not talking about this. So (laughs) so the name, the name of the keto diet essentially comes from that biological process that your body undergoes to help you lose the weight uh, called ketosis. So boiling down to like the most simplest terms Your body uses multiple sources of energy, you know, including carbs and fat. So when you deprive your body of carbs, which is your body's primary source of energy, your body will turn to fat as its primary. This is what we call when you go into ketosis and this can help you lose weight. So the the keto diet is actually well-known and a really good adjunctive treatment for people with epilepsy. Um, So we actually, neurologists will Actually, put people with like intractable epilepsy um, who are also on epileptic uh, medications. They can actually use the keto diet to kind of help keep their uh, symptoms in check. So that is that is actually a very well uh, benefit of the keto diet. But if you know you like me, you know you're trying to lose a couple pounds for summertime shy, you may get on the keto diet to achieve that purpose, and it does help you lose weight. Um, and that's usually through the way that it helps reduce your appetite. So it leads to an automatic reduction in your caloric intake. Mm-hmm. So, But. 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 <laughs> I, I am yeah. but. But
0: not a fan of keto. Neither I am not a fan of keto with the exception of, you know, and I try to, and, and, and so I tell my patients, I just, I said this earlier today in my presentation, like, I feel like doctors should state their bias. I do have a bias. I think the listeners, anybody who's been listening knows that my bias is plant-based, but, um, it, with the exception of, you know, epilepsy, there's some movement disorders, there's some uh, diseases of metabolism where keto diets are very effective. And so we know that that's a case. And so in those cases, that's great. My experience has been that I have watched my patients' cholesterol go through the roof. I was just going to say that yep. keto. That's, that's, I mean, I have yep. watched some of them triple their numbers in months, right? Not like oh, they've been on it for for X amount of years. Like, literally, my most shocking one was to watch a watch a lady's total triglycerides and her LDL all triple in six months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and the only thing she she was she was normal weight. She had much success. She looked great. And then I got her labs and, you know, I, I remember telling her like, Hey, your cholesterol's up. And she was like, yeah, yeah. I know it's up a little bit. Cause I'm doing keto. And I was like, no, ma'am, you don't know exactly what these numbers are. And, and when I started telling her like what her numbers were, like she was shocked. And I, and I've seen it happen. Maybe it's not that extreme, but way too much. I'm just not a fan of keto.
2: Yeah. So if you are, if you are a straight carnivore, then yes, you will love the keto diet. But for that purpose, you have your good and your bad cholesterol, and if you eat straight meat uh, just as your primary source of uh, intake, then, yeah, that is definitely going to be a side effect with this diet.
0: And I've also seen that um, it, it does help in the beginning. A lot of people like, oh, I get to lose the weight, but some people can't keep it up, and then mm-hmm. they end up gaining all the weight back and then some, you know, so... I've also seen that happen, and people have like kind of side effects and don't feel good when they're doing it. I know, like keto food. flu and keto yeah. crotch, and yeah, it's
2: oh yeah, keto It's, just, it's not right.
0: sustainable. And yeah. then, do we, y'all remember? So, oh, what? I don't know. I thought one of you all was with was with me. Our last year of residency, when we went to one of the family medicine conferences. And that year was a big year where a lot of the like, uh, contrave I, went and a lot of, I went with you. So like but, contrave, a lot of the weight loss medicines were out. Yeah. And so all, a lot of the breakout sessions at that time were, you know, studies that would, you know, the studies were coming out after keto, mm-hmm. you know, ribelsis was coming out, contrave, all these mm-hmm. different, you know, the injectables mm-hmm. and all these mm-hmm. things. And every single, I went to almost every single one of those, the keto sessions, breakout sessions, when they put their like, charts up and the p-values were significant with an asterisk and it was always on coronary artery disease and, and hyperlipidemia there's always this tiny asterisk in the study because the p-value is not significant or more importantly it's worsened so they'll go look at all this weight look at all this stuff you know yeah diabetes got better oh look weight went down but for coronary artery disease and measuring the cholesterol it's always through the roof And that gets to me, I think what irritates me is that that means that at my baseline, there's still inflammation. And we know very well that an inflammatory process in the system means that the vessels are at risk. And if vessels are at risk and I'm laying plaques in my heart, I have not saved myself from a heart attack or a stroke. Mm -hmm. And I'm still, I'm just skinny with the risk. That is, I think, the part that's frustrating to me about the whole thing and the studies and how they are, you know, kind of tossing it out
2: there. So I guess that would be a great segue into the Atkins diet, which essentially is a no-carb diet. (laughs) So it's literally the most extreme version of the keto diet where you're eating less than 20 grams of uh, um, uh, carbs a day for about two weeks. They actually had like an induction period, which is where you have this crazy carb um, uh, restriction. And then you start to introduce like the healthier carbs back into your diet after you hit that two week mark. But I think where people are kind of abusing the Atkins diet is that. So this doesn't mean you go out and eat all the cheeseburgers and expect Mm -hmm. that you're going to lose weight. So you kind of, and you got to remember, this is a whole, it'll literally will be a whole nother topic later on down the line. But if you do not exercise and your diet, they work in concert to help you lose weight. Like that is just, that is just health 101. If you do mm-hmm. not, if you do not exercise yourself into a caloric deficit, any extra calories that you eat from the foods that you consume during the day and you don't work it off, it's just going to sit there because you're not expending any energy to get that that extra um, that extra energy off, so it's just gonna sit there. So, the Atkins diet there there was a few studies where it did help um, show that you do lose your abdominal fat, but again that you know, with the risk factors of increasing your levels of your bad cholesterol. Um so like your LDL and your like your total cholesterol, those were present in the studies that uh, that were found with the Atkins diet. So that is not something we routinely recommend um in, in the medical setting. And it's we're a hard sale
0: because them. they work, right? People are like it's yeah. it's really hard yeah. to convince people to not do them because yeah. they're like, but I'm losing weight. So but- I'm gonna stay the course. Um, and we've kind of you know this is so complicated because you know this is this is a this is a layered problem it's how we educate for medical community it's how we educate from a marketing standpoint, and then it's also patient perception, which is you know layered and complicated, but it's you know once people are losing weight, you can't convince them that whatever thing as your as their doctor you're you're concerned about. I think in the back of their heads, they're thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know she's concerned, but if I keep on losing this weight, then it's going to get better. And that's simply not true. Uh, It it just, it not, it's not always the case that you can still lose a lot of weight and still have all the concerns, all the inflammation. So it's, it's a very stressful.
1: No, I was going to say it also depends patient by patient too, because like you have to take into account the patient that you're talking to. Like, for example, like there's a lot of my patients, like, even we'll just take like a typical athlete, right? Someone who's like super athletic, does like marathons, triathlons, things like that. The paleo diet may not be great for them or even like, cause you have to have a certain amount of carbs in your intake if you are a high performance athlete. That's just how it goes because you're also using a lot of, ca- like it's just, mm-hmm. There's too many things going on. So I think it depends on how you live your lifestyle. And every diet has a pro and a con. So then when you start messing with your balance of carbs or your balance of dairy and your balance of this and your balance of that, you know, it's going to cause you effects along the way. Unless you have a nutritionist with you that's like, hey, you're on a paleo diet, which means here's your calcium and here's your vitamin D and constantly keeping up with you and keeping you in check. And most people don't have that. And that's just with the paleo, the keto. Of course, I agree with Chris and Amy Joe. I am not a fan of the keto. Mm-hmm. It's not because my main priority is always for you to have a healthy heart. Mm-hmm. And by by you doing this keto diet, you're working against me. We're not working for the same goal anymore if you're doing the keto diet. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's just and that's that's just point blank. And I let them know that when they come into my office. And sometimes I have to ask them that because sometimes they come to me with like a urinary complaint. And I check their urine. It's ketones out the wazoo in that urine. I'm like, hey, I hope that you're going to tell me that you're on a keto diet, because if you are not on a keto diet, then this urine is, you know, it's just, it just messes up. Yeah. It messes up everything. Mm-hmm. It messes up everything. I'm not a fan.
2: So the, I think also kind of going with Amy Jo point. So yeah, you are losing weight, but there is a such thing as unhealthy skinny people in this world. I, the U S ideal of, you know, assuming that being skinny is, is associated with being healthy is so not true. It's you know it's something that we deal with every single day in our clinic. Um, so just because you're losing weight uh, does not mean that the method that you're losing weight is the best way to do it. And that's that's something that you need to come to one of us um, about before. <laughs> I mean, like Doctor Sunshine said, if you have ketones in your urine and you're not doing the keto diet, then you're probably going to the ER to come see me in a little bit. So, <laughs> um, all right. So my other diet that we're gonna talk about. I know Dr. Amy Jo's been waiting all night for me to talk about this. So we are actually going to talk about the vegan diet. So it is the restriction of all animal products, either for ethics, environmental, or health reasons. So this is literally vegetarianism in its most strict form. So no eggs, no cheese. That's it. So anything that is not an animal byproduct, you can eat um, if you're a vegan. But if it's not, then you, you don't even look at it. Um, so this also eliminates other animal derived products. So um, you know, you say uh, galat- oh yeah, it's gelatin, right? I have this I have this habit of saying words wrong that I didn't <laughs> know I'm wrong for years. Oh, so I think it's gelatin. Gelatin um, products. Yeah, that. So there we go. Um, and then honey. <laughs> albumin, whey, casein, and some forms of vitamin D are also on the do not eat list if you're a vegan. So you are automatically going to lose weight if you're on a vegan diet just because you are... Well, wait, I see Amy just shaking her head. So the weight loss that's associated with the vegan diet is through the reduced caloric intake. So you are taking in a lot more of high fiber, low fat foods, which will promote fullness for a longer period of time. So you will lose weight um, if you do tend to feel more full with the high fiber component of the vegan diet. That is that is all I'm trying to say with that. So the pro is though that plant based diets, and I know someone's going to expand on this very soon. They are <laughs> casually linked by someone. Risk. You mean Amy Jo, right? <laughs> I already know she's 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 like waiting to talk about it. So they're all casually linked with a reduced risk of heart disease, type two diabetes. And surprisingly, Alzheimer's disease and cancer. So we have shown we have studies that prove this very fact that they do help with reducing your risk of getting these these um, medical conditions that I just mentioned. So before I go into the downsides, I'm going to let it open up to the floor. So what do you guys? No, we well, no, should do, do, the the downsides. Downsides. do the downsides. Ah. Let's, hear well, let's, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Y'all y'all gonna tear me apart. But all right, all right. So the downside, the only downside that I can find with the vegan diet is that even though you're not consuming, so if we had to take it, our, if we had no diets, you know, just as, so as humans, we are omnivores at, at baseline. So we eat meat, we eat veggies, we eat seafood, we eat we eat everything. Um, but the thing is that with a vegan diet, you are taking out the meat and seafood component of our, of our diet. And those, uh, that protein uh, that we get and those vitamins that we get from those foods that we're eliminating from the vegan diet, you have to find some way of supplementing it into your diet. Otherwise, these deficiencies can wreak havoc on your 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 general health. So, you know, the typical vitamins that you will probably be deficient in if you are if you do go the vegan route and don't supplement include like vitamin B12, vitamin D iron, calcium, zinc, omega-3s, and iodine. So these are all things that if you do want to take that route and being vegan, you got to remember, tell your PCP because if you come and they t- uh, do a panel of your vitamins and they're all out of whack, uh, we're going to all ask the questions. All right, w- what's going on here? Um, so yeah.
0: So what I find interesting is that when we bring up vegan diets, everybody talks about vitamin and nutrient deficiency. But when I and and I do a lot of nutritional counseling in my in my clinic, and I do a lot of food journals, and most people are not vegan, right? Although one of the largest populations of you know plant based converters are are African American women. However, when you actually Talk to people and start reading their food journals. They eat the same thing every day, right? Or they eat the same collection of things every day. So at baseline, whether you are a meat eater, a vegetable eater, uh, a junk food eater, at, collectively the whole the the whole group is nutrient deficient in some ways. But it's only when we start talking about plant based diets or veganism that you know everybody gets concerned. I need to remind people that we iodinize our salts because of iron deficiencies it's not veganism that is the problem even people who eat meat the reason why you're iron deficient is because we've iodinized everything to make sure that you have enough not because you just happen to be a meat eater so so you know there's there's lots of things so um first of all being vegan in itself does not equal weight loss i know a lot of fat vegans <laughs> because as veganism gets more and more popular, we have found ways to make vegan junk food. And so what we are after. And so generally, I, I'm, I it's really rare that I recommend a vegan diet. What I recommend is a low-fat, whole food, plant-based diet. And the reason why I put in the whole food is that you can find plant based and vegans that are eating lots of highly processed foods that are going to pick up the same weight as someone who's eating animal products. So the definition, how you define yourself in the foods that you pick up don't mean anything if your diet at its baseline is not a whole food diet. So, and if you have a whole food diet, then you tend to not be nutrient deficient because by definition, if you're pulling in lots of colorful foods, and that, is, that includes people who eat meat, then you are picking up your nutrients. And the only one thing that becomes a concern, even when a whole food diet is in place for some vegans would be B12 which is even still rare to find in, 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 in vegans, but I, I, am not necessarily pushing a vegan diet. Um, but I am pushing a plant-based diet, but at, at, at the goal at the end of the day is a whole food diet. And more importantly, the goal across the board is no processed meats, right? So processed meats have been a known Carcinogen for a long time Those reports came out a long time ago I think at some point There were doctors that were suing the state of California Because you know in California you got to have the labels on everything If it causes cancer mm-hmm. And so at one point there was a group of doctors That were suing the state of California Because they had not put it on me like if you've bought anything, like if you got anything shipped from Amazon, because nobody's you know only putting the labels on things that just go to California, you'll see that little you know according to California law code, there's something in here that causes cancer. You see them everywhere, but um, there's a group of doctors that went on the meat because they're like, it's in the literature that these are associated with cancer, but you haven't put it on there. So you know that I think that that's the hard part. And so you know, there's so much confusion about you know, one or the other. And I, and I don't want people to walk away thinking, well, if I pick this this diet of choice, then by default, I'm going to lose weight because it's not true.
1: Amy Jo, I'm going to ask you the question that, that was probably on every listener's mind. Can you please explain what the whole food aspect is and what you mean when you say colorful items so to be eaten?
0: I mean that you shop on the outside of the grocery store there's an exception. Walk past the bakery, walk past the dessert aisle, and walk <laughs> past the hot meals. But when I say whole foods, I mean you are picking up the foods in as close to its original form as possible. And then you're taking those home and you're preparing those at their, in their original form. So you are picking up whole peppers. You are picking up fruits and vegetables that have not been altered. You are going to get your meats that have just simply been cut for you, but you still have to take them home and make a decision about how to season them and how to cook them. No one has flavored them for you. They've not stuffed them. They've not marinated them. They've not done any of that stuff. That is what we
2: mean by whole foods. Before I forget, sorry, I'm gonna do one plug. Um, so I had the opportunity uh, dr- randomly on my one of my days off. I drove down to Southside. Cause I've been hearing, hearing a lot about this uh, plant-based store called uh, Plant-Based Junkie, uh, which is a store in the south side of Chicago. Uh, let me tell you, like, their entire menu is plant-based absolutely delicious. Um, I'm definitely going to be going back, even though it's 87th and I live in South Loop, I will make the drive. It's okay. Um, There's also another place called I Can't Believe It's Not Meat, which is in Hyde Park, a little bit closer, but they have really also a good plant-based diet, um, a plant-based diet menu. And I know that they've been getting um, a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, traction because a lot of people have been wanting to switch to Plant-based sites, but aren't really finding a lot of places that do that in the city. So, just those two places. Before I, I forgot that thought. So, so
0: I was gonna put my little public hat on public health. Oh, hat. oh, my oh! oh expert, we get, we get, we get, hat. we get Chris. We get
1: Chris the expert. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, don't get too excited. <laughs> <laughs> don't get too excited. But you know, um, one thing that, especially, well, I just think that it's hard, like with these diets getting the whole foods getting the the vegetable I totally agree with all of that but sometimes like the problem is is access right it's hard if you live in a food desert it's hard and I and I was just thinking back like even for myself like like just to go to the grocery store that has all of the vegetables that I want I take a little bit of a drive it doesn't it's nothing to me to do it right because I'm just like whatever I'm gonna drive to this grocery store and I'm just gonna just gonna get what I need to get and but for someone else who doesn't have the access to that right they they Mm -hmm. have to go to like these little bodegas, well, that's where in New York, like little bodegas or the corner store, these little places that don't—they're not like the supermarkets where they don't have all of the good fresh vegetables. And what they do have, when they do have the vegetables, it costs way more to get mm-hmm. the vegetables than it does to get those processed foods and like your Vienna sausages, right? So then, yeah. it's—it's just—it's it's just really hard for people who don't have the access and and I agree. that yeah. is the problem with the health is it, it it doesn't make any sense like the 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 poor nutrient food costs less than the food that is good for you right and this is something that i i just baffled but it doesn't me all cost time. less that's the that's the and fr- I, I, i'm not i'm not discounting food deserts and stuff like that right um and 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 I and for the most part, mm-hmm. even as we talk about food deserts, we're we're getting into more of like variety. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, not wanting to eat foods all the time. It doesn't cost you less. It's more effort to make not it. if <laughs> it's it's more effort. It costs you more time. It mm. it is it is it costs you more energy, but it doesn't cost you less because if that processed food now has you on nifedipine ninety, you're right. When you're looking at the cost overall, right? like
1: yeah and nifedipine 90 yes. is a medication You're right. for the listeners <laughs> You're right so it's a blood it's pressure a blood medicine pressure medication.
0: but when i think about you know all the medicine or i think about all of the troubles that i have getting mm-hmm. my patients access to insulin yep it's not cheaper mm-hmm. like i literally have patients that skip their insulin because they're like it was too expensive this month insulin is so expensive y'all it's ridiculous and that doesn't I, make any sense actually <laughs> So it's not cheaper. And I yeah. get in the in the real time when I'm putting my yeah. hand in my pocket and I'm counting my coins. And I'm like, okay, I got five dollars here. I can get this right here. I can get that. Um, then that makes it cheaper. Then that makes it, it seems like it's cheaper, but it's not in the long term. Mm-hmm. And so it's the it's the long game that we gotta talk about. Mm-hmm. And I am I am talking less about You know, the energy that it takes to get people to places. We do need to do something about food deserts. But I'm talking about, you know, when my patients are bringing in these food journals, even people who live in a food desert, they're eating everywhere along the way. Mm -hmm. You know, in some cases, I I, I have some food journals and they eat fast food every day. Mm -hmm. McDonald's on the way in cafeteria food for lunch, restaurant meal on the way back. And so I'm thinking about all the energy it takes to stop along the way, go in that restaurant, get that meal, bring you know bring it. Okay, go to get this meal, bring it in, go to get that meal, bring it in. That's actually quite expensive when you think about, even though you might be ordering off the $5 menu, but $5 menu every morning
2: mm-hmm.
0: is expensive. And it's not cheaper than getting a bag
2: of oats so i think uh playing devil's advocate there so it's convenient so you know it's easier to stop at a mcdonald's or burger king or wendy's or bojangles i don't know what y'all have in the south um rather than taking the time to take the whole food and to cook it up and make a nutritious meal with it you can once you if you sorry let me retract my thought so One thing that they have actually been doing to help with the food desert issue, um, I know in Chicago and also in um, a lot of uh, this has actually been going on in Detroit as well, is that there's actually been a lot of uh, um, uh, support behind community uh, food gardens. So these are areas where uh, the community actually has pooled together their resources to grow uh, very common uh, vegetables and fruits that, you know, if everyone pitches in, the time to help take care of the garden. Um, you can take these items back with you and you have a fresh source of uh, your veggies and your fruits that you can cook off from for, you know, the week or however long you need it for. So that that is one solution to that issue. Um, and that saying that you don't have, if you don't have access, um, this, this is a way for you to get access in those communities that really need it because we don't always have a jewels or a trader joes or a whole foods on the corner by where we live and like you said earlier you do need to drive a little bit to get to those places if when you get there you can you can buy it but community gardens i i definitely am a big supporter of that um, and giving back it also gives you the extra benefit of giving back to your community in order to keep those gardens in um in uh, good maintenance, so that it can continue to give back to the people within that that area. Mm-hmm.
0: That sounds That's like amazing. a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. I, to be perfectly honest, like you know, and I drive past my. We have a community garden, you know, and in my mind, I'm so excited that it's there, but in reality, I just don't have the energy to get out there and garden. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a novel idea, and so when I'm thinking about you know my exhausted patients and trying to get them you know nutrients in and and then i think what's a little bit more heartbreaking is that it's my suspicion that they feel even more tired because what they're eating are calorie dense nutrient poor foods. Yep. Because all those foods that are coming from the restaurants, and coming from the coming from fast food. Yeah, you got your protein, you you've had chicken every day, but it's still calorie dense nutrient poor. Like you get the same thing every time you you eat chicken. And so you know, they're not getting any color. Like they're not having any peppers or broccoli or cauliflower or, you know, spinach or greens, you know. And so, you know, what I'm seeing are these people who are worn out and run down, mm-hmm. and the food that they're pouring into their system is not helping. Yeah. It's not helping at all. Yeah.
1: I- I'm going to add another public health perspective here to kind of co sign what Dr. Chris was saying. I, I think a lot of it also depends and we're probably hardcore deviating from whatever nono was going to say. Cause I don't even know if she went through all her diets yet. No, but, I, um, I didn't. But go ahead. A lot a lot of it is very <laughs> a lot of it is very like location specific yeah. because especially especially growing up in the south, growing up in the south everybody has a car. You need a car to get where you're going. Everything's far apart. So you're driving everywhere and it's hot. So you're you're in the car, you're driving past McDonald's. So there's more And the same way you can drive past McDonald's, you can probably drive somewhere that has fresh vegetables. You just choose not to. But a lot of it, like Chris said earlier, is learned behavior, especially in the southern diet. Uh That's why obesity is a bigger deal in the South. That's why it's all interrelated compared to someone who might not even have a car. in I don't know, we'll say Queens just because Chris, just because Chris is from Queens. So we'll say Queens. Right. right? (laughs) In Queens, you know, somebody walking down the block, they don't have a car. The only thing that they have is walking in the bus. And the only thing they can get to is what's on this bus route and what they can walk to. And a lot of times that's not somewhere that has a lot of fresh whole foods. They don't have a lot of like nutrient rich foods. So you just have to work with what you're Mm -hmm. given. And I think that every location has different struggles and different obstacles. But Amy Jo has a point because Everywhere within those struggles and obstacles you do have options. And sometimes those options take more energy mm-hmm. and sometimes those options take more work. But I do think that the options are different and they're definitely different based on location, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: I know one thing that we I really liked um when we all were like working at Inglewood is that we would actually have the um the food truck Would come out and uh, park in the parking lot, and they one of our attendings would always like get get the good stuff for us, like you know, distribute in the clinic. Um, But they had like all the fresh uh, fruits and veggies. Man, I had like Mm -hmm. potatoes and corn for days, Um, and you know, a lot of good things there too. So, you know, you're you know, whatever clinic you're affiliated with or doctor that you go see in your clinic. I, that would definitely be something worthwhile to ask about um see if that is something that's a service offered um at your at your clinic, yeah, so at least that would help reduce you know you having to go drive somewhere um uh, if you can just you know come and you know pick it up from your clinic if you're you know unable to go elsewhere
0: yeah, so, so um actually uh before I went into medical school, I was um working in um the Mount Sinai Medical school, and that was like the upper east side but of course how the the upper east Side tends to be like more of the rich kind of area but then of course every which i think in most places you got the rich area and then like two blocks over then there's the projects right <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah but um they had this program where they would have like the um, farmers markets would come and uh, they would let people know and then they could get vouchers like to get things for like yeah. a reduced price and things like mm-hmm. that, and that was like a good, you know, public health um, thing that they would they would do for the community. But all of that—that's dope, that's cool. But all of that is when you have resources, and I feel like those kind mm-hmm. of programs tend to be in the blue states more so than the red states,
2: oh. um,
0: and it's it's unfortunate. But those those are really good things because then people actually get that chance to get that those fresh fruits and vegetables right. To be healthier. Mm -hmm.
1: Listen, people on people in red state, especially in the South, they will drive out of their way to get something unhealthy. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all think I'm lying. Y'all think I'm lying. They will, they will drive twice the distance to go get that piece of whatever. Chicken, hail, like smothered. What I was going to (laughs) say,
0: what I was going to say is there was one time I went to, um, my dad lives in Georgia and I went to visit him. And I think there was a, Uh, the first time um i never i think it was what was it golden corral never been to golden corral before and i was just like i know i was just like (laughs) what's so great about golden corral like i was like "Mm, whatever and then i went there i'm like oh that's why the fried chicken tastes good (laughs) but i thought but what i found was really interesting so there's the golden corral that's there and right across the street is the church so literally After church, Mm -hmm. people go straight to the Golden Corral and they're sitting there and they're eating. (laughs) And then one thing that I did notice when I was there, I was looking around, there were so many obese people. And Mm -hmm. then to my, and then, you know, because I think my public health hat, you know, put it on. And I started thinking to myself like, wow, how convenient that the Golden Corral (laughs) is right next to the church, you know? (laughs) This is why, we have this obesity epidemic, right? And I was just like, wow. It's crazy. And you know, I think for me, it's it's even it gets it gets worse, right? We know that there are we know that the safety net does not exist for areas um that have food deserts and stuff like that. But those are not necessarily even the people that, you know, that I'm that I'm targeting because I know we owe them more resources. Yes. That's not the people that are coming in my clinic that are insured mm-hmm. and that are talking to us about their diet. These are people with jobs, with vehicles, with with means, with resources. Now, some of them do live in food deserts and especially when the pandemic hit. I did have a few patients that were saying, my grocery store is out of all things that are fresh. I am having a really hard time. So we knew that those existed. But there is the other large group of people where they have access, but either their understanding of food is really poor. Mm -hmm. Like, they don't know what you mean when you say Whole Foods. And even after that, I've had some people who have brought me their food journey. And we have like literally spent 40 minutes walking through it and they are, will still be blinking at me and they'll be going, I still don't know what you mean by a balanced diet. Like there is the issue that, well, I thought it was healthy because it said fiber on the front of it. Well, it says zero sugar. Why can't I eat it? Um, well, this one said, you know, heart health. And so, you know, that's why I got it. And and then you say, well, did you read the back of it? Did you count how many grams of sugar were in it? Did you see the additional added sugars? And they're like, no, they're not reading the labels. Mm-hmm. And they're really going for taste. And so it's the more of the unconscious unawareness that, you know, is my real target. Like I'm trying to turn people's minds on to say, just because somebody told you that it was good for you, then you can't just eat it. I need you to be as critical of your foods as you are when I try to give you metformin Mm -hmm. right very true they're not as critical they're not as critical because they'll come back and be like my auntie told me that um metformin kills your kidneys and Mm -hmm. and I'm not supposed to take it and so Mm -hmm. then I started doing a little bit of research and I found this article and so that's why you know I didn't start it last time but when I bring these food journals in and I'm like so what did you think after you've done it they're like "Eh, I thought it was all right You know, and so I'm trying to get them to be as critical about all these things. Right. It's fine if you want to be critical about the medicines, but we also have to be critical about the foods. And that's the hard part. Right. There is the hard part.
2: So let me uh, let me take this chance. Um, bruh, I don't even know where we left off. Um, All right. So my last diet is not actually really a diet. It's more of like a way of eating um, that we had. Uh, I think we touched upon a little bit earlier in an earlier episode. Um, so this is my last one for, for the topic. So we are talking more about intermittent fasting. So it is not essentially a diet. It is just changing a way of how you eat uh, to avoid you eating um, eating more uh, during, uh, during the day. So uh, your body essentially cycles between periods of fasting and eating. And it doesn't really restrict your foods, but more so controls when you eat them. So For all you late night snackers that like to eat something like after midnight or, you know, super, super early in the morning, um, this is this is essentially what this diet is or this way of uh, dieting is uh, trying to target. So there are a couple of methods. Two of them are extreme. Well, three of them are extremely extreme. Uh, One of them is actually pretty doable, Um, but that's this is all user-dependent. So this is something that you can try. If it doesn't work, but we'll definitely let your doctor know um, if this is something that you want to partake in. Uh, so the sixteen-eight method. So this involves pretty much skipping breakfast and restricting your daily eating period to eight hours. Uh, the other one is the eat-stop-eat method. So this involves 24-hour fast once or twice a week on non consecutive days. Uh, the 5-2 diet is on two non-consecutive days of the week. You restrict your intake to 500 to 600 calories. And then the warrior diet is probably probably the most extreme of them. Uh, you eat small amounts of raw fruits and vegetables during the day in one huge meal at night. So I, I actually have an issue with three of those um the 16 the 168 method is something that um has actually come into favor within the past like years or so um for people that kind of have really weird hours like i would say most health professionals um they typically are on their feet you know all times of the day and you know you try to eat you know the majority of your meals within that 8 hour window the way that this can backfire Uh, So this is one of the negatives of this diet is that you cannot overcompensate for what you don't eat during the non-eating periods. So, for example, so if you're on the 16-8 fast, if you're in that eight hour window, you still are you still have to consider eating your your allotted uh, dietary intake of calories. So, you know, for most uh, people within the United States, it's like uh, 2000 calories within that within that area. Um, people will sometimes take this opportunity to take in all of the meats, all of the cheeseburgers, everything that they can potentially get their hands on before their eight hour window goes out. And that is not how this, this right. fast works because you're essentially, again, so you're, the point of this is to create a caloric deficit. And if you eat everything that you can potentially get your hands on within eight hours, you will not be in a deficit. You will be in a surplus. And your body will show that once you're done with the, with the eight hours. So um, the benefits of this is that it's it's a way for you to do that caloric restriction in conjunction with you working out. But like I said, you know, the way that this does not work is that you overcompensate for your, during those non-eating periods. So my issues, and I, I'm pretty sure all three of you will probably share the same sentiment. So the Eat Stop Method, the 5-2, and the Warrior Diet... <sighs> You
1: can't, no, <laughs> no, um,
2: to do. no, you cannot. So think about it. You are essentially starving yourself for a day. And then again, who is not going to rebound, who is not going to rebound and eat everything in sight after the end of that day is over. And then also that's, if you have other conditions, like if you're a di- so first of all, if you are a diabetic, you know, Because if you're also on, because if you are fasting and also you're on insulin or other anti-glycemic medications and you are not eating, that is actually very dangerous. And you can set yourself up for hypoglycemia very, very easily. And then you would have to come see me and you don't want to be in the hospital for that. So, you know, everything and reason, the 16-8 method, you know, does work um, when you do it properly. But these other three methods, I, in good faith, cannot cannot recommend because it's it's not sustainable. Um, I no, it's not sustainable.
1: Didn't didn't one of you guys do an intermittent fasting diet, or am I making that up? Or was it somebody in clinic? Was it like no, I intermittent? Somebody. I do
2: intermittent fasting.
1: Yeah. Was it you? I know it was someone in Inglewood was talking about it in the um.
2: I I did it for like a month and I stopped so. Uh, it didn't work. Did, yeah, that's <laughs>
1: what I
0: thought. I'm like someone. Did. I can yeah, I don't think that was me because I'm always intermittent fasting. No, I, I, I tried it. I don't oh, ever consider myself. Oh, I Gary I'm always intermittent fasting.
2: Yeah, because I I usually, I mean, for me, I usually drink a coffee or water like in the morning. I don't I don't usually eat breakfast mainly because I'm just on the go. um really early in the morning. Um, so at first I was like, oh, okay, I could do intermittent fasting because I don't eat breakfast anyway. But then you know, I got the little hunger pains as soon as I got home from clinic and then getting home from clinic and then writing all the notes from like, you know, seven to eight o'clock at night. And I'm just hangry. You know, I was just like, I can't, I can't do it. So it's, so I'm the prime example of just find something that works for you. It may not be intermittent fasting. It may be something else, but um, it just goes to show that it, it may not work for everybody and that's okay.
0: Yeah, I think it also depends on even though, yeah, you're taking, you're ingesting your calories, but are they calorie dense or calorie rich? Like, it depends on what, like, if you're eating, like, calories, and it's just like lots of sugars, that's not good, right? But you're right. you're eating, like, good, like, um vegetables, and, you know, you're doing your fruits and things like that, and that's better, right? So I think that's what people the issue sometimes when people run into is that they're doing it right. But they're, they're putting, they're still eating those processed foods or have lots mm-hmm. of sugars during that time. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's not very helpful.
2: So you can easily combine the the sixteen eight method with a plant-based diet and the results, the results are good. So that, that is definitely an easy alternative you could do with that. Um, but again, you just got to find what works for you and what's, what you're going to stick with, um, for the long run, because a diet is not something that you just do for a couple of weeks, you know, again, to get that, you know, beach body so that you can look good on the, whatever, wherever you decide to go, uh, this year, I don't know, but, um, it's, it's a lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> talk. I mean, it's a lifestyle. So yeah. you don't, the whole purpose of, you know, getting onto one of these, um, you know, the plant-based diet that we've been it's the theme of this entire topic essentially um, is something that you're going to sustain for, for forever. So Listen. that is, that is something that you need to find or, you know, uh, find a method that works for you and then just go, just go with it.
1: All my patients been trying to tighten up because they're like, Ooh, I'm getting my vaccine. Ooh, it's about to be summertime. Ooh. Mm. Diet. Uh, Bam. Yes. You know. Or I also have, I have a lot of patients preparing for summer because they're trying to be out here in these streets. And like we talked about last episode. And number two, I have a lot of patients who were supposed to get married last year, pushed their weddings, getting married this year, still have to fit into that dress, but they gained weight from COVID. Mm -hmm. Now they're like, oh, I got to lose it because I can't change this dress. (laughs) So I have a lot of people in that category too. And they're like, this is just for right now. I got to get the weight off. But this is a really good talk. Yeah, no, no. A good one. I learned a yeah. lot. Yay.
2: I learned a thing or two, but yeah, no, it, it kind of helped me, you know, summarize like all those fad diets out there and what I can tell my friends. Like, yeah, do this or hell no. What are you thinking about? No, don't do it. So um, Did
1: anybody have any thoughts before I switch over to the questions or any concluding thoughts?
0: No, I think I just want people to be curious about their foods. I think, you know, if I want, people to remember anything is that we can't um, we can't cover it all in a, in an appointment in the clinics. And so what I'm hoping that, you know, things like this do is drive people's curiosity. So they get, you know, more committed to their foods and start doing some meal tracking and then kind of trying to lay out the sea, like Okay. What do I, what kind of foods am I eating? So, you know, hopefully that helps. Mm-hmm.
1: Listen, you trying to make miracles over there in in South Carolina trying to get them people. To we're doing to... food journals, we're doing everything.
0: I even listen, track my food I... now because I want because when I my patients like, "Do you track your foods?" I need to be able to say yes. So like I track everything now. <laughs>
1: You are you were you were trying to work miracles over there. It's hard. Yeah, Listen, mm-hmm. them Southern folk they they got some real barriers up. So I, I admire you, Amy Joe. and Doctor Chris. Y'all both trying to do it down there.
0: You know what people say? Like, well, I'm you know I, well, this is how you know I'm from the South, and so you know we eat like our ancestors. And I it it puts me on a soapbox <laughs> because I'm like, okay, let's really talk about that, right?
1: Oh, oh my god! god.
0: Because <laughs> my issue my issue is that. Your ancestors weren't having fried chicken every night. Mm-hmm. Or more importantly, your ancestors weren't having baked or grilled chicken, like because you, chickens were expensive, eggs were expensive, cows were expensive. And so you were not slaughtering your animals three times a week so that your household could eat chicken that is not how it worked right so before industrial revolution and the introduction of refrigeration that was cheap enough to have in each home you were not cutting up your your animals in mass so that you could eat meat every single day and so this idea that soul food as we know it today in this environment is what our great grandparents our great great grandparents ate is you know a little laughable because it's not how they ate they were not eating that like most of the time, to be honest with you, they were eating vegetation throughout the week because it was quick, because to prepare meat and to cook meat was a was a long process. So they were saving those things like when they had time.
1: Again, Amy Joe is listen, you trying to work miracles over there. Whatever soapbox you got to tell your patients, whatever, whatever works, because listen, I I can only imagine I can only imagine we're having fun. Like, cause, because it's it's I, I can just I can just feel the difference being here in Cali, just based on everywhere else that I did any type of medical training. Period. Like as a student or a resident, it's just you know it's different. But here they're very health conscious mm-hmm. out here. They're very they're everybody out here in Cali. They're trying to live forever. <laughs> they're trying to like. They're, they are legit trying to live forever and they're not trying to be stressed. So they're trying to eat healthy. They smoke their weed. They're like, yo, I'm going to live forever and I'm not going to well, be stressed maybe, about it. Catch maybe, me. Come find maybe me. Maybe <laughs> part of the reason why they
0: want to do that, too, is because of the, the air quality out there is not the best. So well, they figure maybe I should eat better something. <laughs> to offset, oh, offset all this.
1: Small. You know what we? You know what we we digress. <laughs> let me let me go to these god let me go to these goddamn questions. Okay, so the first question, which I feel like me, Dr. Chris and Dr. Nono will definitely be able to identify with. Before I even read it, I'm going to say thank you so much for y'all for sending in these questions because we went from having very few to having a ton. <laughs> so we are not going to get to all of them today, as you can as you can you know probably figure. But um, we're going to try to chip away at these bit by bit. So, again, if we don't get to your question, please don't get frustrated. We have a whole uh, list of them here. exciting. <laughs> so, for yes, it is exciting. It, but each episode, we're always, like, kind of trying to chip away at it a little bit. Um, so, question for today is, question or questions? We'll see. Question is, I drink lots of coffee. Hey. Probably... Exactly. That's why I said we can identify Mm -hmm. with this. Amy Joe don't drink Mm -hmm. coffee. So the right (laughs) the listener says, I drink lots of coffee, probably three cups every morning. And now I've even started drinking coffee at night. Is this too much coffee or is too much coffee unhealthy? What are the limits for full disclosure? The listener says, I drink my coffee with oat milk each time and no added sugars. Thank Mm. you.
2: That's nice. So, do y'all want me to answer this question? Because I just got gifted a coffee grinder for my birthday, and I've been using it. All <laughs> so, um, and funny story: uh, when me and Amy Joe went to go work out, <laughs> oh my god! Uh, oh, um, I'm sorry, it's a little off topic, but um, yeah. So it was a it was a CrossFit class, and it was in the god awful. Early morning, um, which I don't do. uh, So I had to drink something to wake up. So I chugged like uh, Starbucks and came over and did this uh, CrossFit and wondering why my heart rate was in the 200s on the treadmill. During warm up,
0: (laughs) during warm up, like let's clarify, during warm up, this woman is already in the
2: 200s. I'm like, I can feel my heart beating in my ears. Like, is that normal? (laughs) Not normal. Oh my gosh! Not normal. So, um, Not normal. Disclaimer: Don't do that. But, uh,
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> who drinks coffee before crossing. That's what I said. Out
0: at five in the morning. She was like, "Cause I needed to wake up," and I was like, "You will. You will wake when we get into our workout." <laughs> wow. right. oh I woke gosh. up all right.
2: Your woke me up. Okay. But um. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. So for this question, I yes. So the 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 recommended intake for uh for coffee so assuming this person is not pregnant which i think i know who wrote the question and i know she's not um <laughs> so this typically you know the the average intake you guys correct me if i'm wrong is usually around like uh what two two cups of coffee daily and that's usually depending on so there's very variations in the caffeine content of the coffee that you drink so I actually actually did some research into this. The most caffeine in a uh, like a grande uh, Starbucks Pike Place, I think is equivalent to like 200 milligrams of coffee per serving, which is quite a bit. Um, so assuming you're not drinking four Pike Place coffees in, in a day, that, that would be well over your intake of, uh, daily intake of caffeine for that day. And then I, I hope this person does not have issues at night because if you are drinking coffee Before you go to bed, that is also going to set you up for issues with falling asleep, uh, achieving that REM sleep and also um, will can set you up with issues with insomnia in the future. So I would I would probably cut it back uh, just for that issue. Um, But, yeah, I, I think four cups is a little too much.
1: Chris, would you like well, Chris, you are arguably the biggest coffee lover of them all. I I don't know, it might be a tie between you and Nono. So before I say any of my thoughts cuz Amy Jo don't right. drink coffee, but I'm sure she has thoughts. Chris, <laughs> do you have I, anything I do, to say? I
0: think it probably is too much, but I'm also Yes, but then I I can't I do drink a lot of coffee. And it's <laughs> it's pretty bad. And um I and I also think it probably depends on, yeah, like what type of coffee you drink, because I drink strong coffee. Like I don't like my coffee not strong, right? And and then when you put milk in it, you make it kind of like not as strong. But if you drink it black, then it's strong. And I started drinking right. my coffee black. So <laughs>
1: And you give Chris a weak cup of coffee, she'd be like, "Man, what is this?" Yeah, for real, (laughs) for real.
0: And I think sometimes, like, yes, it's true. When you do drink coffee, like it could like cause some insomnia if you drink it too late. But some people they're so good with their coffee, like it does nothing. They could still go to sleep. So.
1: Mm Usually when I see you guys in my office, if you have other things going on, we usually have to decrease your caffeine intake anyway, because all patients are not created mm. equal. So especially if you guys are chugging coffee like this, like for example, patients on Adderall and coffee, yeah, yeah. I'm going to need you not to do that. Mm. Patients that are on Adderall or even like there's a medication that a lot of people are on for anxiety and depression, Wellbutrin. Sometimes if you're on Wellbutrin, Adderall, plus this caffeine intake, you come and see me, you guys are a fresh what? 27 years old with like a borderline blood pressure or even a high blood pressure. And I'm like, why is your blood pressure high? You're 27. Like what are we doing right Mm -hmm. now? And I think that that plus stress, especially from the pandemic, it's just a lot of other things that can raise your blood pressure. So, I mean, in addition to all the things that Chris and Nono have already discussed, I think it's important for your overall health. Um, for number one, your blood pressure. Number two, you're drinking all this coffee. I hope you're drinking just as much, if not more water, because I need for you to stay hydrated because you guys walk around super dehydrated chugging this coffee yet talking about, oh, I don't even drink a bottle of water a day. Fix it. Yeah. Fix very it, true, Jesus. Very true. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, se- I'm serious. It's, throw- it's throwing off it's, everything. It's true. And yeah. it's
0: hard because like, especially when you drink a lot of coffee, sometimes you just don't think to to drink water. And then you're dehydrated, right. And, I'm and with it's a you. problem. And another thing, too, a lot of people that have like um PVCs, that means you could feel like your abnormal beat. Sometimes the coffee, yep, yeah, <laughs> coffee <laughs> just makes it worse. And so mm-hmm. it's just like if you just cut down well, or stop the caffeine,
1: then you don't feel that, right? You don't feel bad. And please be aware: if you abruptly stop the caffeine, you are going to get the withdrawal yes. headache. It's coming. Oh, I'm, we're you we're know, letting you know. So if you want to. Across across the board, I usually recommend to my patients about one to two cups a day, you know, like that's where I usually like for you guys to be comfortably. Sounds like, listener, you're around four cups a day. I would try to get that down a little bit. And even if you're drinking one to two cups, if, you're, if something else is going wrong with either, you know, your blood work or your blood pressure or something, I might even have you reduce it from there. So it all depends mm-hmm. on what I see. Amy Jo, do you have anything to contribute to this before I go to the next question? No,
0: because... See, I don't drink coffee. Well, well, not because because I don't drink coffee, but we've already given like you know what the what the the daily requirements are, and I know people drink it. I try not to give them a hard time about it, but I do want them to know that most of the time, by the time they've had their you know call their tall their grande you know cup, it's probably got all the caffeine in it. And then, of course, on the flip side, you know most of the drinks that people are taking in, especially in the morning, if they're picking it up from Dunkin' Donuts, Starbucks. You know, McDonald's, whatever, it's got sugars and mm-hmm. dairies in it. And so mm-hmm. yeah. But I try not to give people a hard time what? about their coffee, probably because I secretly love the smell of it. So I just I just <laughs> <like I> <laughs> smell I, it. I, 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 hear her, I
2: hear you. I hear you. In her dry salad. How do you love No, I don't drink it. No, yeah, it's, I don't it's, drink it. it's fine. I totally I, I, I totally, love I of
0: totally of it. understand what you're saying because, like, when I make my coffee in the morning, just the smell of it is just like Mm -hmm. before I even (laughs) drink it yeah you're talking to an avid coffee drinker here but um but I don't tell my patients not to drink I mean it depends on what medical conditions you have but I can't wholeheartedly tell you not to because I I do it
1: all right ladies and gents and everyone in between that will be the end of our questions for this week so it has been a pleasure, of course, digging into the inbox and reading your questions and your thoughts and things. No, no. Can you tell the people where they can find us and how they can submit more questions to overflow our inbox?
2: Of course. Mm-hmm. So um, you guys can find us at our handle at the Chocolate TheChocolateMDS. Uh, that handle sold true for our Instagram, Facebook and our Twitter. And also our website at www.TheChocolateMDS.com please feel free to use the uh, question box that we have on our website. I see a bunch of you guys have been using that and that is actually very helpful for us. So please continue. And that's it.
1: And uh, get ready for, I don't know, whatever this summer is going to behold.
0: <laughs> I know, right? Right.
1: <laughs> whatever whatever that may be, you know, <laughs> tread cautiously. That's all we ask. That's all we we continue do. to wear a
0: mask, on. social distance.
1: <laughs> Have a good so, night guys. COVID's still real. Bye, Bye. guys.
2: Bye.